Well, part of us taking away those mundane transactions and alleviating those daily tasks and mundane tasks from internal resources is they can focus more on customer-facing activities, supporting sales, supporting the customer to make that customer experience um, a world-class one. And, And so that's an indirect effect that we can have. So today's episode was actually a really interesting conversation with Matt Danilou of Avanto. Matt and I discussed partnering to move the industry forward in process and technology. And you know, I am all about forward progress in our life and our career and our businesses. So I hope that you find this conversation with Matt very insightful as he talks about what it is that Avanto does and how they're helping manufacturers, dealers, installers, and more. And hey, I want to give a shout out. We got a new review this past week from Peanut Butter Lover. Love the name, by the way. And uh, Peanut Butter Lover gave us a five-star rating and a review that says, always insightful and entertaining. Especially love the interview with Brian Graham on May the 3rd. Very interesting insights into the design perspective. Hey, Peanut Butter Lover. Thanks for leaving us a review. I certainly appreciate it. And guys, if you haven't left one for us yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts. Drop us a rating and review. It really helps our show get discovered by others in our industry that would be interested in understanding and hearing some of the conversations that we're having. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. The Trend Report is proudly sponsored by Indeal, partners in progress to the commercial interiors industry. To learn more about Indeal, please visit their website at indeal.org. I'm Sid Meadows, and I'm a certified professional coach, and my focus is on high performance and growth and helping my clients move into action. I'm a personal and professional development junkie, an avid podcast listener and reader, and my passion is all things contract interiors. In this podcast, I'm going to provide you with information, education, ideas, and tools to help you in your personal life, your business, and our industry. So let's have some fun and welcome to the Trend Report Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Trend Report. I'm glad you're here for what I know is going to be another great conversation. I'm happy to welcome Matt to the show. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So, Matt, I didn't pronounce your last name on purpose because I was going to butcher it one way or the other. So I just thought I'd let you introduce yourself rather than me embarrass myself. So tell everybody who you are and what you do. Sure. Hopefully I don't mess it up too. <laughs> but, uh, my name is Matt Danilou. Uh, very nice to be here. Uh, one of the partners at Avanto. And we, you know, at Avanto, we are partnering with the industry to move it forward in both process and technology. Uh, and that's our goal. So when you say moving forward with process and technology, can you expand on that just a little bit? Oh boy, yeah, we got a we got a, a lot to talk about. So <laughs> really at the end of the day, it's trying to bring the industry out of the 80s and 90s. You know, there are tools that are still being used that are perceived as the only tools available that originated from back in the 80s and 90s and it's somewhat creating a thwarted progress to digital transformation and brings about a lot of manual and uh, unnecessary transactions and processes within the industry around the whole ecosystem. So I appreciate the fact that you're highlighting that we're using products, if you will, tools 
that are dated from the 80s because I would wager to say that we do a lot of things that are dated and need to be updated. So without naming particular tools specifically, what are some of those processes that we're doing that have not evolved, if you will, really evolved over time? Yeah. So what we focus on really is the life cycle of an order and it's procuring and fulfilling furniture orders. And you know, supporting those that those orders originate from and those that are fulfilling them. And the first time that I used email, I think it was the last year of college. And then the first time I really used it was my first intern or internship as a CPA. And, you know, that was, you know, revolutionary for just emailing things and, and, and communication, right? Taking from the written word to an electronic email. And that type of communication is not revolutionary. It's just a different way to do the same thing, right? Write a letter and you're, you're communicating back and, back and forth. So that's like going from a fax machine to an email, right? In the current environment, well, there are still people faxing and there are still people emailing and communicating via email, which is a lot faster than the, the written word and an email, snail mail, but it's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. a lot of disparate communication, a lot of information that's not connected, and it creates a lot of busy work. So yeah, we might be using email and PDFs and share drives right now, but we're not connecting the information that's necessary by the person that needs it at the time they need it within the life cycle of an order. So you have all these emails going back and forth between A&D firms and dealerships and dealerships and manufacturers and dealerships and installation companies or service op centers within their companies. But it's all, a lot of it is still email and and notifications. So So it's funny that you mentioned when you started using email, I will never forget when email came out. And the first time I actually think I sent, I've ever sent an email was 1995. I remember that because that's the year I got married. Okay. And I will never forget, I had a boss at the time when we were getting email for the business. I worked at a uh, healthcare dealership. We were getting email for the dealership and he said that he was not going to use email to communicate with his customers. He was only going to use it for internal communications. And I remember asking him, but it makes it so easy to communicate. Why wouldn't you want to and I think his response was something along the lines of, well, I already got so many voicemails and so many calls and so many things on my to-do list. The last thing I need now is another is an email giving mm-hmm. me things to do. And that's exactly what emails turned into. Yep. That's a lot of noise. Yeah. A it, lot of distraction. A tremendous yeah. amount of noise and distraction. I think people struggle with it um, every day. I mean, I hear people talk about it all the time. So, but it was funny that you said that I had that flashback of <laughs> when actually I remember sending my first email. So so tell us a little bit about the origin. When did you guys get started in business? So I started this type of work four and a half years ago um, in uh, the, the company that I had prior to Avanto. And then uh, we did a restructuring, a reorganization, and then we moved forward as Avanto uh, January of 2020. So just before the pandemic, perfect timing. I was yeah. to say your timing on that couldn't have been better, right? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. But a lot of our customers, a lot of our employees, a lot of our processes are seasoned with four and a half years of, of, of actually doing what we do and, and getting better every day. So That's great. Evolution, um, growing, learning from what your customers are saying and getting better every day. That's uh, something that we should all strive for. So who's your customer? Is it the dealer, the manufacturer, the installer? I mean, who is really Avanto's customer? It's really anybody around a furniture order. So 
We go after manufacturers as customers to help them. The majority of our customers right now are dealerships, just because that's where my network is and and the people that I know and uh, you know the immediate impact that we've had. You know, we we do a lot of work with Salmon Coil and their peer groups, so we get a lot of exposure through that, and so there we we've had some traction there as well. We also work with installation companies, and through my relationship with MRL, which we're uh, you know we've got a, a really good strong relationship with them, I'm getting more exposure to A and D firms in the front end side of mm-hmm. of the furniture order, which is only going to help us understand how to complete that life cycle, uh, because I think everybody needs to needs to know what's going on and, and have access to what we do. But that ecosystem is is our customer. You know, from a dealership perspective, we work with over $500 million dealers. And we were all the way, all the way down to a, a $5 million a dealership. We, we can scale up and down just like we help our customers scale. Okay. So the platform actually will work for any size business to, you know, and you scale it based on their size and what their need is. Yeah. Mostly the need, right? Okay. So we could come in and do a whole lot of things for a smaller organization and leverage a lot more because we have a, a team that supports what we do. And that team, like I said, has been around and developing for four and a half years. So they've got a lot of really good experience and, and capabilities within this space at this point. And so we may go into a $5 million dealership and take over you know, everything from sales or entry to month-end accounting and, and, and bank relationships because we're, we're, we're able to do all that. Or we might just do one little piece like AP processing or whatever. And then the same goes for a large organization. So, all right. So let's talk about this for a little bit because you sure. started out the conversation that, you know, as it, what you do for our industry is partnering to move the industry forward in process and technology. And then you mentioned Correct. a little bit about the dealer and how you help the dealer. So, can you be a little bit more specific about the types of services that you offer? Because you mentioned sure. AP, AR, sales. So, just to give our listeners an idea of, what you actually can provide to them if you were to come into their business, whether they're a dealer or a manufacturer or an installer for that matter. Absolutely. And this is the hardest question for me to answer. And uh, I never promised I would ask you easy questions. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Many people tell me that it's hard for me to answer this question. So uh, I try to make it as as simple as possible and, and, you know, depending on who I'm talking to, Mm -hmm. meaning I, I can be very relevant to a CEO or an owner of a company. And I can also be very relevant to, an order manager at, at a company and, and and how I speak to what we do might be different. And I know that the audience could be dynamic and many different parts of the industry could be listening. So one of the easiest ways for us to uh, conceptualize or really understand what we're, what we're doing here is around cash flow automation. So when you think about when you, if you're a controller or a CFO or an owner, you think, you know, cash in and cash out. So how can we affect the cash in and cash out cycles? Well, cash out, which people don't love to do, is accounts payable. So we can automate accounts payable. We can we can capture, we can digitize the information, we can use RPA, and we can also use our processing experts, depending on the scenario and the situation, to give a dramatically lower cost around those transactions in around the cash out process. So again, we, we can automate the capture processing and if, if, if they wanted it, we can actually execute the financial transaction of paying those um, through, the, through their bank platforms and other things. You can, we can do the same thing on the other side, right? Whatever triggers an invoice and however a dealership or a manufacturer or an installer invoices, if they have systems set up to automate that, 
and they use their current RP, uh, ERP, great. If they don't, uh, then we can facilitate that. So we can identify all the different processes that go into that function, hopefully speed up the receiving the, the receivable creation process, and then also uh, partake in the collections process. So automated reminders, actual people calling for collections, mm-hmm. things like that. We do that in the industry and we focus on it um, so we know the nuances of these processes in the furniture world and the fur- around the furniture transaction. One of the benefits that, of working with both the manufacturers, dealerships, and the installers is it's one ecosystem that people can live in. So in that example, if a manufacturer is invoicing a dealer, we can automatically capture the, or digitize either at the manufacturer level or at the dealership level so we can capture the invoice coming into the dealership, or we can already digitize the invoice at the manufacturer level and then feed that information into the systems that they use, whether it's something that's been around since the 80s and 90s or something that's coming in the industry as there are uh, enterprise level, you know, very sophisticated software now coming into the industry. We can work with both. So basically you take the financial aspect of back of the house Yep. And you make it simple and easy and painless for both accounts receivable and accounts payable. So I, that's great clarity around it. It costs less. It yeah. costs less money, right? You save money yep. through process and automation and, and a variety of different things. Do you do anything on the front side of the house and the sales process or anything like that to help make the process easier up there as well? We do. Sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. So along with being able to take in and in, in increasing the capacity of your current um, employees. If you're looking at, you know, hey, why do I have all these employees? And it seems like they're always so busy, but yet, you know, we're not selling anything or, you know, sales are down yet. There's so much activity going on. And well, part of us taking away those mundane transactions and alleviating those day, daily tasks and mundane tasks from internal resources is they can focus more on customer facing activities, supporting sales, supporting the customer to make that customer experience um, a world-class one. And, and so that's an indirect effect that we can have. Directly, we can have an effect around the things that support the sales or design and account, account coordinators. So you know, we can automate deposit processing, not only deposits that are required from the manufacturer, but deposits that you're trying to get from your customers, again, around that cash flow cycle and the cash in and the cash out. So examples like that are ways that we can support it. We also automate order entry. Okay. So right now with one of our one of our initiatives with MRL is we're doing a transaction accelerator, which the whole premise of that is that they're able to produce a world-class front-end e-commerce experience. We're able to automate the order entry into the business system so you're not taking uh, something that would require a whole lot of effort, maybe an entire employee or multiple employees to, to to support that function, and really just having the experience of selling and getting in the in, in your business system. And again, we can do that with systems that don't have interfaces like APIs or other integration points, and we can do it with systems that do. Uh, we just we just play a different role. So Jeff was on the podcast a few weeks ago. It was episode 53 for those of you that may have not listened to it yet. He mentioned the partnership with Avanto and what you were doing with the dealer community and giving them the ability to capture that, call it day two sale opportunity of trash cans and other things that the customer might need through the online platform. And as I said to him, and I'll say to you, I certainly appreciate the tools that you're providing to the dealer to help them grow and to help them increase their revenue, which also then increases their profits. So I think that's really good. 
Thank you. And you know, they've been a great partner of ours, a relationship that we have, that we have relationships with many different um, influencers in the industry. And we try and foster new ones every day, not just a dealership, right? We can actually have that same experience for a manufacturer. So all of that procurement activity that happens mm-hmm. and the order entry and everything else that happens at the dealership can be transferred to the manufacturers as well, as well which again, allows those people to focus more on the customer experience, the end user, uh, and other more uh, value-added activities than mundane transactions. Sure. So we have a guest coming up in a few weeks. It's going to the total focus of my conversation with her is about customer experience and enhancing the customer experience because it really is important, especially now. And that customer experience is not just in person; it's also online. And what the customer goes through when you're having a conversation with them, or they're experiencing your brand online and virtually. And I feel like I talk about this all the time, but it's so important to make sure that your digital footprint reads like what you want it to and the people have the experience that you want them to, right? Yeah, we focus on that internally. So our customers, we want them to have an experience that uh, is what they're looking for and, and actually exceeds their expectations. So we're, we're all after raving fan sure. um, internally at Avanto. And in, in turn, we feel, we genuinely feel like we are participating in helping our customers create better customer experience for their customers. And so that's why when we go into some of these uh, relationships and we, we really do want to partner with them is that we don't have an agenda. We come in and say, how can we help you achieve your goals. And typically through that, we get involved in, you know, order entry cycles, the counting cycles. And and at the end of the day, when your employees are tired of doing repetitive mundane tasks and are not happy at what they're doing, that translates very often to your customer's experience and, and, and the thought process around what we're able to do versus staying in a box and being like, well, we've done this for 30 years, that's furniture. Well, not really. I mean, I, we're really trying to challenge that thought. Yeah, keep challenging it because just because we've done it the same way for 30 years doesn't mean we need to do it for the next 30 years the same way, right? Now is the time. If you're a frequent listener, you've heard me say this over and over again. Now is the time for transformation, bold transformation in how we do things that will allow us to sell more products, but also make more money and be more efficient at what we're doing. So, Matt, I'm curious. You know, you got a rich history in our industry. What kind of led you to creating Avanto and kind of creating this, this platform for our community? Well, I could talk about this for forever, so I'll try and be brief. But uh, when I was a CPA, that's how I started my my uh, my career. My very first client that I went to was a dealership, a furniture Herman Miller Furniture Dealership, and it was in 2000. So I went through the the bub the the dot com bubble mm-hmm. with them effectively and I saw what it did to to that organization, right? They they were at peak of revenue and activity. And immediately after they they dove into a recession and they had to go to bare bones. Well when I joined my first dealership as a CFO, it was in the 08 run up. And so we were at the peak. I mean we went from being like a $20 million dealer to twenty to a $50 million dealer in one year. Uh, and, and then immediately had the crash. So we had to hire 20, 30 people. And I had to personally fire 20 people after that crash went through it again. And now we're here again, right? We're in the pandemic. The, the whole industry is fluxing and and dropping in all of that. I hate, I I like to uh, hire people. I I hate firing people. It is just not something that I enjoy 
people tell me that's a good thing, but I don't know. And I wanted to see, is there a way to eliminate that? The flux of people and, and try and, you know, right size, but right size it through, you know, scale the business up and down so that it was effectively uh, sized in most, in most points uh, in, in the economic life cycle. So really that's, that's the genesis of this. It was, how do I do that? And what that led me to was, okay, I have these paper processes, like delivery tickets going from installers to us and, and, and they're getting lost. They're flying out the window. They're getting lost underneath desks or, or chairs and vans. How do I, how do I automate that? and digitize that. So I went down the path of document management, capture, and then you start getting into these antiquated systems that we use that require all this manual intervention. So how do I get rid of some of that? Well, that was that led me to RPA. So at this point, you know, went from a specific transaction issue all the way to scaling transactions where you can get 80, 90% automation was was my goal. And, and we're there. We are automating these processes at a very high level. What comes out of all of that is process improvement. So as you're trying to automate things, and so that was the other thing, is I was trying to standardize process in a multi-market dealership, and it was very difficult. Sure. When you have people that can make decisions and do things in email and create their own this and create their own that, you can't track it. What I wanted to do was create a standard, right? You know, something that's user-friendly, something that can be followed and implemented with somewhat ease. So it's not too complicated, but give me a wealth of information and actually see, all right, we did X number of transactions last week. You know, how many were tied to this person and how many had issues and how can I classify these issues and then get a really good understanding of how the business is working. That was, you know, all of the things that we were trying to get to and we're finally there. Today's episode is brought to you by 2020 Connect. Registration is now open for the 2020 Connect free virtual event that takes place June the 14th through the 17th. This has been created specifically for the contract interiors industry and is guaranteed to educate, motivate, and inspire. The schedule is live and is constantly being updated with new sessions, guest speakers, and innovative presentations. 2020 Connect is a one-of-a-kind virtual experience where inspiration, creativity, knowledge, and resources all come together to help you build a stronger business. Please visit 2020spaces.com forward slash 2020 Connect to register and learn more. So, I mean, you talked about your experience as a CFO and a COO and the ups and downs and the downturns you've been through. And, you know, that's really allowed you to actually see some pain points and realize that, you know, hey, it's a pain point for me to have to lay off people and let them go. Let me figure out a way that we can make this better so that every time the economy rises and falls, which it always will do that throughout history, there'll be peaks and valleys with it. So how do we make it easier? And that led you to the discovery of, you know, a technology platform that simplifies but systemizes things for the dealer to allow work to be done and then, and then takes the cost per transaction and lowers it, which then helps the dealer or the manufacturer for that matter, become more profitable. You nailed it. I Can I copy that? <laughs> sure. You, I'll give you the recording for this. <laughs> All right, right. Perfect, we, perfect. Can, we can actually work on a script if you want to, like a pitch <laughs> script if you like to. So. I, I need to do that. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Now, and with this current situation, uh, remote working, on the cloud, being you know, exposing mm-hmm. information to people where they need it, when they need it, is something that 
just was something that we were working on and it just follows through with the trend that's happening, right? If you have people working mm-hmm. from home or, you know, working in a different state or, you know, virtually working, everything we do is set up to facilitate that. It doesn't mean it, it's required. I mean, you could all be sitting in the same room using the same platform, but they, you could also be in different states and different ge- geographic locations. Well, I, I believe, and I've said this many times before, the future of work includes remote workers. And one of the benefits to it is I truly believe it gives not just dealers, but manufacturers, design firms, and anybody within our industry, it gives them access to really, really good talent so they can up-level their talent as long as they're willing to adopt a strategy that those people don't have to live where my business is located. Now, obviously, you can't have all of your employees working remotely, but if you can have some strategic employees working remotely, it is a great strategy, to, especially to up-level your talent pool and to help your business grow by doing that. Yeah. Fractional CFO, CIO, you know, other talents, the, the you know, design mm-hmm. professional, you know, having world class talent working in in a in a fractional way across uh, multiple entities is is not new. But I, I think with the new environment of the accepted uh, virtual consultant, virtual employee, is only going to get more and more um, not competent but rich, I mm-hmm. guess. Meaning like you said, the talent pool is going sure. to be exposed where people that could not afford that kind of talent will, will be able to and, and, and up their game pretty quick. So you just said something that I want to ask about because it's a term that we hear a lot, but I'm not sure people actually really understand it, much less understand the role. Talk to me about this fractional CFO or COO or VP of sales or VP, fractional VP of marketing. What exactly does that mean? It can mean a whole bunch of different things. When I say it, what I mean is I'm not dedicated or full-time. So we provide, I work with a fractional CIO in the industry and we provide fractional CFO services at at Avanto. All that means is, is that we have industry-specific financial knowledge on staff, including myself, that can work for multiple dealerships, either in the same market or outside of the market, so we come into a lot of situations where a dealership has hired a local bookkeeping service to do their books. And most of the time we get pulled in is when there's an issue. WIP isn't being done correctly. Uh, they don't understand the cash flow cycle. You know, Deposits either going in or out or not happening or, or cash management is off. Well, it's not rocket science. I mean, anybody can do it. You benefit when there's no learning curve. If I can come in and say, well, I already know in five minutes, looking at your trial balance that we can help you in these different different ways and then actually doing it. And so that doesn't happen. You don't have furniture experts in every market uh, about every topic. Sure. And so a fractional CFO with furniture specific experience, I can be in Connecticut where I am now mm-hmm. and I can work with somebody in San Francisco and then I can work with somebody in New York City and I can work with somebody in Kansas City. I can work and all at the same time, meaning, you know, just dedicated time, but at different sure. times of the day or week or a month, you know, sometimes I consult in uh, banking relationships, you know, if they're going for a new bank or they're having issues with their borrowing base or other issues, being a resource that someone can use for a specific transaction is a fractional activity. So I think it's great. Sense? Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. It does. <laughs> I mean, I've heard it. Like I have a client that's hired a fractional VP of marketing. Yep. And 
I mean, I, I get conceptually what it meant, but I've never actually had somebody truly explain what a fractional CFO, COO, or VP of marketing or what or VP of sales. I've heard other people do it for a VP of sales too. So it's a really interesting concept that, hey, I come in, whatever your specific topic is, you don't have this job function or you need to up-level this job function. I'm going to do it for you for X number of hours a week or a month. And then I'm going to charge you, you know, ABC dollars. And I'm going to do this for multiple people across the country. Yeah. And it can be project specific or it could be an ongoing engagement that you just are an advisor that's at their leisure. Some do it successfully. Some don't. I mean, just like everything, you know, we, we provide those services in crisis if someone's in a crisis, but we also do it just as in a maintenance mode for, you know, consulting their board or, you know, other things that are furniture industry specific. So you bring up something really important, which we all know it. Our industry is rich with complexity and it can be really, really hard to understand and to learn about our industry and to know all the ins and outs of it. So bringing in experienced people slash industry experts into a business for a short term can actually help the business up level, help the business be more successful. And there are a lot of us out there, right? Yeah. That have been in the industry a long time. They're just doing different things. And I think you you highlight something really important because of the complexities that are in our industry, the ability to tap into those resources or those knowledge resources, if you will, in order to either solve a crisis or an immediate problem in your business or hang out with you for a short-term, mid-term, or even a long-term strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of our go-to-market is the way that we've grown is we've partnered with industry professionals. So we, I work with, you know, in any month I might have a recurring monthly call with 12 different people uh, within the industry that have specific and proven experience and success in this industry. And that's been one of the best ways for us to not only learn more about the industry and the, and the totality of the of the transaction that we're trying to support, but also getting our name out and getting their name out to my customers. I can't tell you, you know, when I first came out of, you know, my day job and started my, my own business, I, um, I, I already knew Indiel, I knew Dave and Dave, and I was, you know, I respected them. And we decided that we wanted to try and expose a list of professionals within the industry that had specific industry knowledge, because, there's one thing to benefit from that knowledge and know of those people. There's another thing to put your business at a in peril by using someone who doesn't have that knowledge. And so to avoid that mistake where you're trying to you're trying to use your CPA that does your taxes to do your WIP analysis or bank conversation could be a disaster. And not knowing that all these people exist, I think is a is a detriment to the industry. And so that's part of our our whole plan with partnering with the industry is make sure that people know that these people exist. And not, it's not just a selfish, you know, just that everybody knows Avanto exists. It's, it's a lot of it is, like you said, a VP of marketing. Well, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing happen all the time is these e-commerce platforms, yep. right? And people think that if you just build a website, it's going to generate all this revenue and everybody's just going to go to it because it exists. Well, creating that website and having it be something that works is one thing marketing it and getting people to go on it and buy something is a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. And so there are expertise about all of that in the industry. And, you know, I think that's the biggest potential next fractional service is yeah. e-commerce marketing support. Yeah. So it's not like the, the, 
movie, I'm going to date myself, um, but it's not like the movie Field of Dreams, right? If you, if you <laughs> build not, it, they no. will come. It's not that way at all. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Kevin Costner in the movie um, Field of Dreams, it's about baseball, and he had a dream about building a baseball field in the middle of a cornfield, and they came. So anyway, it's not like that at all, because to your point, and I've talked about this on several different episodes with people, you can build an e-commerce platform, whether it's Shopify or Spotify, not Spotify, Shopify or Woo, or- yeah, Woo uh, you know, all these different platforms, you can build it. But in order to get people to actually go there and use it and to make a purchase, you've got to market it. And you've got to spend a decent amount of money in marketing. You've got to have a plan around how you're going to market it. Or you just built a website that nobody's ever going to see. So, I mean, it's a really, really important conversation. I appreciate you sharing the information about fractional because I know I've heard it a lot. I'm sure my listeners have heard it a lot. Nobody not really understanding exactly, you know, what it is or why that it's important. So you mentioned also just a second ago, your partnership with Indial. As you know, they're the sponsor of our podcast. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with them and you know how is it benefiting the Indial dealer community and manufacturing community? Yes. You know, my journey with them has been since I, you know, prior to me starting my business and then into us being who we are. And my relationship with them is one of collaboration, one of uh, sharing information, trying to help you know, they've been a big supporter of Avantos. Mm-hmm. They have uh, talked about us in uh, their onboarding process and everything else. And then when we are part of a new dealership or manufacturer or, or, or an installer, if they're not part of that group, we try and, you know, highlight their benefits and, sure. and value. So most of what we do together is collaboration, sharing ideas, talking about trends, perspective. You know, we we are very much on the back end, right? The purchase order to cash cycle. We we are currently that's our our focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them, it's front end, right? Sure. They're trying to get bring uh, solutions, reliable solutions to a dealership community that has to service their customers, and so they understand that piece very well. We understand the other piece very well. When we get together, we're breaking down the barriers of. You know, wh- why is there that friction between sales and, and operations? And, you know, how do we make it easier for the handoff from that front end to the back end? And so we're just really good partners in, in, in collaboration. That's how I look at it. Well, what I appreciate about you sharing what you just shared is you highlighted yet again, I think, a benefit of your story, which is you're taking the back end and you're simplifying the back end for manufacturers, dealers, installers, whoever it might be. And you're taking that process, you're making it easier. You're lowering their cost per transaction by showing them how to do things better and differently with technology that can be scaled as their business scales. And I think all of us need, especially as so many things change, A, we've got to come up to the future, at least come to 1999, maybe no, come to 2010, right? We got to come up to 2010 from 1980. And then as as we continue to grow, as a business continues to grow and scale, you can actually help them with that and then help them identify other pain points in their business that might offer, you might be able to offer services to them. So you're kind of one of those companies I call behind the curtain. You're sexy in your own way, right? Behind go, the yeah. curtain, helping if somebody, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but it's important that I think we have conversations with people in all aspects of our industry because sales is the sexy part. Sales is what people talk about all the time. You know, it's the new product. It's the, you know, look at the leg on this table or look at this cool new chair, but we forget about how important the back end of it is and 
the role, honestly, that the back end plays in that overall customer experience. I couldn't agree with you more. One of the things that trips up adoption uh, or or people thinking of making that leap to engaging Avanto is, oh, that means I have to switch business systems or, oh, this is going to be a heavy lift or this is going to take 80 hours a week of five different people on my staff. No, uh, you do not have to switch business systems. Just because you're using a business system that's from the 80s or 90s does not mean that you can't operate like you're in the 2010s or 2020. That is what we do. We are we are not here to try and make you put a lot of effort into this. We are industry professionals that are experts. So that lift is only the last five percent of the process that's unique to you. Right. Uh, you may think that one hundred percent of the process is unique, but it's a furniture order. It requires an acknowledgement. It requires shipment and or installation. All of that is is across the, the industry. But there is five to ten percent that's going to be unique to you and your organization, mm-hmm. and that's where the lift is because the rest of the ninety percent has already been built. Yeah. So you just highlighted what I think is one thing holding back a lot of people from moving forward in their business, whether it's with systems or process or sales or product, and that's the fear of change. Right. Yep. It, yep. There is a fear of change, and then there's well, how do we manage this change? And change management is really being heightened right now as people begin their journey to return to the office. And what does change management look like? Because the office looks different when people start going back. So it's the fear of change and then it's managing that change in order to make the process smooth and simple. And it sounds like you have some tools and resources in place to help them with that um, with that change. We do. Uh, we try and make it, you know, we're not perfect. No one's perfect. You know, we try and grow like we talked about grow and, and get better every day. Uh, but the biggest part of all that change management and how we help organizations is just to start. Start on a very small process with tools that help you and reduce the amount of effort you have to do. And then you, you add another one and then you add another one. And then, you, and then after six to 12 months, you look back and the process you currently have, which requires 90% less human intervention doesn't even represent, you can't, couldn't even recognize what you were doing 12 months ago, but it wasn't like you had this massive plan that you had to create. It's you just start and then you improve and every day you improve a little more and you, you end up being, um, you know, very efficient and, uh, and oh my goodness, in 20, in the 2010s, <laughs> imagine that. Yeah. In the 2010s, great. <laughs> so you just said something that I say all the time to people, whether they're my coaching clients or people I'm consulting with, is just start and let's take one step forward every day. Let's just keep taking one step forward, baby steps forward every day. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're going to be exactly where you wanted to be, or at least closer to it, right? So one step forward every day. So Matt, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here. It's great information that you shared. I love how you're supporting our community from behind the curtain helping them streamline, simplify, and save money along the way. So if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to reach you? Well, you can uh, jump on our, our website, goavanto.com. On there, there's some great case studies. Uh, there's oh, a blog that we have. Yeah, there's there's detailed with actual numbers of things that we've done with specific you know, companies. Oh, excellent. Well, we'll be sure to link your website address into the show notes for everyone to see. Any other way that would be good for them to connect with you? There's a contact us in there. It'll it'll just send an email to me. Otherwise, you can just send it to my email, mdanalu at goavanto.com. And we will also drop that into the show notes. Matt, it's been great to have you here. I appreciate you joining us. 
you know, if you guys make your way to Neocon in October, I hope that I have the opportunity to actually meet you face to face and person to person. That will happen. Yes. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care. I appreciate you. Thanks. I appreciate you too. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Trend Report Podcast. I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that you got some amazing value out of today's conversation. For more about our podcast and this episode and our other episodes, please visit my website at sidmeadows.com. We look forward to seeing you next week and go out there and make today great.